thank you. I'd like to thank everyone for joining us today. Uh, this is the COVID-19 Public Education Committee. Uh, we have several speakers here with us today. I want to thank each of you for coming. We are live streaming this, so we do want to thank all of our stakeholders and interested party that is watching online with us today. Uh, at this time, I would like to call on Representative Tommy Stringer to lead us in invocation. Thank you. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, we humbly ask you to grant us wisdom as we seek the best way to protect our students during this pandemic. Grant us grace as we remember those who have lost, we have lost from the effects of this terrible disease. Grant us mercy as we remember George Floyd and the many others who have died needlessly from the violent acts of evildoers. Grant us unity as we remember that you have ordained government and that all power comes from you. And grant us that power as representatives of the people that we should not be a terror to good works, but only to evil. Lord, hear our prayer. Amen. Thank you very much. And now, uh, if I could start with Representative Stringer and ask the committee to please introduce yourself. I'm Tommy Stringer. I represent District 18 in Greenville County. Good afternoon. I'm Wendy Brawley. I represent House District 70, which is Lower Richland and parts of Sumter County. Representative Rita Allison, District 36 in Spartanburg and Greenville County. Representative Terry Alexander from portions of Florence and Darlington counties. And I'm Ray Felder. I represent House District 26 in York County. We also have Director of Research, Mr. McNair, with us today, as well as Ms. Ginger Lee is here uh, with staff. So thank you. Thank you all for being here. Um, Today's meeting is really to give the committee an opportunity to hear from those of you that have already been tackling this, this question of where do we go next. Many of us in this room have been following along with the Accelerate Ed meetings um, that have been very informative and very openly available online. I do want to thank you for that because it's been a wonderful opportunity to kind of hear the discussion that's already happening throughout our state. Um, so at this time, we will get started first with the Honorable Superintendent of South Carolina Schools, Ms. Molly Spearman. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm going to be talking a lot, so I'll keep my mask on so I make sure you all are safe. And we have a copy of her presentation on your desk. It is in one of the manila folders. Uh, and it, the front page says State Superintendent of Education. We have quite a bit of folders on I'm our sure desk. So I Thank just want to have everybody um, on, on the correct page. March 15th, Sunday afternoon, about 5 o'clock, uh, the governor announced that all schools in South Carolina would be closed. And it changed the... Uh, status of our schools dramatically and really the lives of our children dramatically and our teachers and faculties and administrators. I could not be more proud of how the administrators, teachers responded overnight to transform our in-person system into something else. Um, some were better prepared than others and I'll share that with you and quite honestly, 
for some students it's gone extremely well and for others uh, it has been a real challenge so I think that's what you want to hear about today I would like to go through um, this information for you just so that you're knowledgeable about what all is going on uh, on March 16th that Monday morning we had already uh, as you know had uh, 15 districts in the state that were fairly well prepared very well prepared with an e-learning pilot program that the e education oversight committee what had been doing for the past two years um, and they were able to shift fairly quickly however they were prepared to do just a day or two or maybe five of snow days not 10 weeks 11 weeks of school so it was a challenge for them as well there were uh, we had seen it coming and had over the previous few weeks sent out uh, an opportunity requiring all districts to send us a plan as to how they would handle uh, learning during a possible school closure so during that time we had been receiving their uh, potential policies and reviewing those so we had an additional four districts that joined those 15 and were able to deliver their instruction through e-learning so about 220,000 students of our 780,000 students have received their instruction com completely through e-learning and in most cases that has gone very very well you probably seen your children grandchildren participating in zoom meetings and new learning was pretty easily introduced there never as strong as a child sitting within a classroom with a teacher but about as close as possible <laughs> as you could get to that there were 17 districts however that were not able to do any e-learning and we have about 64,000 students who have participated in pencil and paper activities which has been the teachers preparing the materials generally sending it out on a two-week basis the buses picking them up or parents bringing the work back in there were 45 districts that did a blended some technology some pencil and paper and uh, that's about 65% of our students statewide have participated in learning that way. Overall, as I said, um, it's gone, we've done the best we could, okay? It's not been perfect. I have had compliments from some parents and grandparents. I can't believe how well this is going. This has been fantastic. My child hasn't missed a beat. Two, I've had teachers say to me, I've called, I've reached out, I haven't heard from the student yet. So it's that broad span. And that's what is so worrisome. And I know you want to know how could that happen? Why did that happen? And what have we done about it? Um, students have missed about 30% of their 180 days, depended on their school calendar. But for most, around 30% of instructional times in school has been missed. We already know summer slide is an issue for our students who struggle, for all children. If they don't have those resources and enrichment during the summer, we're very concerned. And that's why we do the summer reading camp and, and why we have to do extra interventions when students come back to school. But honestly, we won't know the true impact of this until we get the kids back. What have schools been doing? Everything they can think of <laughs> to contact kids. Uh, I know some of you have seen in the newspapers this number that's been tossed around possible 40,000 students that we've not heard from. I don't know the exact number. Um, I know that early on in the after about two weeks we held a town hall with teachers 
through Palmetto State Teachers and South Carolina Education Association, we had about 4,000 teachers on the call. And remember now, this is about two weeks in, and we polled them questions during the call. And one of the questions, what percentage of your students have you heard from, have you been able to work with? There were about 980 teachers who answered that polling question. And most, the, the majority said, I've heard from all of them, I've heard from most of them, which would be 50 to 75%. That was uh, the overwhelming majority. However, there were, there were nine teachers on that call who said zero, have not had contact with any of my students. And then there were another about um, 8% who said that they had heard from 25% or lower of their students. So that's where those numbers come from. What has happened since then is a variety of things. I have talked with principals I know in my own district in Saluda, and Dr. Kathy Coleman is with me today. She's chair of our school board and also chairing Accelerate Ed. They've located all of their students now. There were many that they had, were not hearing from. They've gone out, teachers phone calls, teachers have gone knocked on doors. I have a picture of a teacher, her husband took the picture they're down a little dirt road in front of a trailer and it's about in the evening you can see and the principal's knocking on the door so they have gone to that extent to reach out law enforcement has helped school resource officers have helped and dr coleman tells me they have located and had contact with all of their students now we are sending a survey today actually there's a phone call going on now with the instructional leaders we are sending the senate has asked for more details and we do need more details you have a copy of this we're sending this out to all principals and asking them within the next week to report to us by grade level how many students they have not been able to contact i think the numbers will be much lower than that initial because they have really worked on this um, there was an article in the paper just state paper last week where the chester uh, sheriff was helping assisting the school district and I know that that's going on but I, I cannot tell you the exact number but the anecdotal information that I get now from people who are on the ground working is that they feel better the superintendents today might be able to tell you more detail about their own districts but there are students out there that we have not been able to contact for whatever reason and it varies They've not turned their work in. It varies. Are they just those kind of kids that need somebody standing over them?